Welcome to the Intention Training Podcast, where we talk about training, mindset, nutrition, wellness, and self-care. Hello, Intention listeners. For this week's podcast, we interviewed Ellerson Smith. Ellerson graduated from South High School, where we went, in 2016, where he was All-State for football. He also ran varsity track, wrestled, and played basketball. Ellerson is now a redshirt senior at the University of Northern Iowa, a D1 school in the Missouri Valley Conference. He was named to the watch list for the Buck Buchanan Defensive Player of the Year Award and led his team to a 10-5 record in 2019, going 7-0 at home. Ellerson was named a second-team All-American this past year and is generating some serious buzz about the 2021 NFL Draft. This was a great way for us to close out Season 2 of the Intention Podcast. We'll be taking a brief hiatus to figure out where we want to go with Season 3. We would love some feedback from you listeners about what you want to hear about next, and we thank you so much for your support. In the meantime, please enjoy this podcast. Hello, guys. We're here with Ellerson Smith. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, um, so my name is Ellerson Smith um, from Minneapolis, grew up on the south side, Um, graduated from South High School in 2016, and uh, go to the University of Northern Iowa now, entering my last semester, play football, and um, I play defensive end, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Sweet. Um, First question we wanted to ask you is just how are you and your family doing amidst the chaos it has been? Probably like eight weeks locked down now. I know you're you're at home, right? Yeah. Well, I just um, I'm I'm home now for the weekend. Uh, we came up because um, Regan, my girlfriend's moving out, and we're cleaning out the basement, getting all that stuff done. So, but we've been good. My um, both my parent, my mom and my stepdad have been able to work, which is nice. You know, they've been able to keep their jobs. Um, yeah, doing well. Just trying to stay busy as much as we can. You know. Um, I'm most of the time now spent in Cedar Falls because, um, one of my teammates has a squat rack and like, I'm a big, like a weight set in his garage. So like, that's been so clutch like right now. Like, yeah, that's crucial. Yeah. Like, and we got like enough weight too, where we can actually like get some good sets in and stuff. So that's been super clutch to have. Yeah. I don't, if if we didn't have the basement, like, I don't know. (laughs) That would be a lot, a lot harder. I don't, for sure. yeah. I don't think I could like motivate myself to just like do push-ups all day. Like that's, that's do, the work. I tried to do that for a little bit, and like it got so boring so quick. Like yeah, yeah, you need structure. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, yeah. It, it's great having space. We're at her. Um, I don't know if you've actually ever seen it, but Bud Jen's dad has that little gym in the yeah. basement, and it's like he has great equipment, but it's really like cramped in there. So we're always like bumping into each other and stuff, yeah. but it's definitely a blessing to have somewhere to train. I like bought him this nice ass squat rack like three months ago. Oh God, he's going to listen to us. Um, but now I'm really glad I did because we're down there every day and I was oh, like. Yeah, having a squat rack right now like is like gold. Like, mm-hmm. like being able to have that, like I know my friends, like parents got some and like it was probably just like the prices through the roof i'm sure like yeah that's yeah. the other thing is just everything sold out you can't find yeah. anything like yeah but yeah Fine. Really nice. all right so you play football right now but like what's your athletic background like even just growing up yeah um i was pretty active as a kid i started my first sport i ever did was basketball like some ymca league like 
way back in the day. I was like five, like, you know, barely like getting the ball back up and down the court. But um, the first sports I really started to take seriously when I was a little bit older, like late elementary school was track. Um, I had a lot of fun with that growing up. Did that all the way through high school and, you know, had a good time doing that. Then um started wrestling. And that was probably like my first like sport I like loved, you know. Um, did that up at Longfellow, made friends that'll last a lot, like, lifetime up during those days. Um, then from there, I started football in sixth grade at Anthony. Um, never really played in the park board system just because different things would come up and it just wasn't available during that time. So, um, then from there, middle school, I tried rugby for a little bit. Rugby was pretty fun. Yeah, uh, Anthony had like a rugby league for a little bit, and I did it for like my last seventh and eighth grade, and it was just like during the spring, and it was fun. Um, I don't know, it's not like huge here though, so like never really followed through much with it, but uh, it was a good time when we did it, like a little rugby sevens. Then from there, I started high school doing football, wrestling, and track, and then um, going into my junior year, I started. Uh, playing basketball and that was a lot of fun I love playing basketball um still to this day it's probably like one say it's the most fun I have playing a sport but just like you know as an activity like nothing really beats like getting some guys together and going to hoop for a little bit so uh, yeah um that's pretty much it for my sports I'd say yeah I have a couple follow-up questions the first one being I feel like just knowing you, you've always had like an appreciation for lots of sports, even though you obviously are solely focused on football. I know you like pay attention to the other major sports. And I remember seeing you walking around in like your Ibrahimovic jersey and stuff like that. Where do you think like love, your love for sports in general came from? Or, or why is it still that way? Like, why is it such a big part of your life? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I love competition, you know, like, um, more recently I've become a pretty big fan of MMA and I think it's just like the like pure competition of that is like so so cool for me to watch like you know putting two people in a cage and like just watching them like see who wants it more at that point and I just think like the like different sports I can find like love for just because it is competition and then there's like different intricacies of each sport that make it it is is, its own so you know like soccer is super fun to watch just watching people like work together and like the different i don't know you know just like how pure it is and having to like work with other people you know yeah have a common goal and just like going after exactly it's hard to explain but there is something about like everyone completely buying in and aiming for the same goal so I can definitely relate to that. My second question for you was, you mentioned your transition from wrestling to basketball, like kind of midway through high school. What made you switch sports? Because I know you were quite successful at wrestling. Was it just um, a matter of wanting to try something new? or Was it not what... fun wearing the singlet? Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was pretty used to the singlet at that point. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think it was a combination of things like, I was thinking about this question, um, but um, first I was pretty disappointed from the year before. I um, had pretty high expectations on myself to 
make it to state as a sophomore and I wanted to go to state three times and I had this like big idea of what I wanted to do in the sport and I didn't reach that goal and that weighed on me a lot um and going into the season I just lost the passion for it like remember I was there for the first two weeks like just like trying to find a way to like get the fire going and like wrestling such an intense sport that if you're not emotionally invested into it and ready to give it your all, you won't get anything out of it. And I just knew that I wasn't able to give myself to that sport at that point in time. So I just ended up like having to quit, you know, and I think about that sometimes like quitting on the team is kind of hard to, you know, think about. But at that point in my life, I wasn't in the right state to go and try and wrestle. But for bas- transitioning from that to basketball, I literally, I was just planning on spending that winter to, like, just lift weights and try and get ready for college football. And then, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was, like, Michael or – I think it might have been Michael. We just tried to, like, talk me into it. And I, like, talked to Heiser later that week. And I was just, like – like, that week, I was just, like, asked Heiser, I was like, hey, you got any spots open? He let me try out for a couple of days. And – Next thing you know, I was playing basketball, and I had so much fun playing basketball, dude. Like, you know, yeah. like, I wasn't good at it. I, I probably, like, <laughs> averaged more passes than shots and was straight defensive rebounds, but I just had so much fun being on that team and playing the sport. And just... Yeah, I've, I'm curious to know what, what that was like, too. Like, going from – correct me if I'm wrong, but you mentioned, like, you were all city for wrestling, and then you go to basketball, and – it's definitely not that you're not like you're still one of the best athletes out there but in terms of skill like these kids have all been playing their entire lives while you've been wrestling what's that like just going from being like one of the top guys to more of like a role player if you know what i'm saying um i actually embraced it pretty well i'd say my first year because i was like you know like i can't do much other than play defense and rebound so like my first year i just kind of just went after and did all i could within like my um, skill you know and I just l- enjoyed being on the team so much and being around the guys that I bought in pretty easily to what I had to do and my senior year I thought I expected more for myself but I was still understood that my main focus was football at that point and didn't give um, enough energy probably to basketball and just working my game and stuff like that so I ended up like wanting to be better, but, you know, still kind of played the same role. And I was fine with that just because I was, we were good. And like, like my logic is, you know, if it's going to be me or Johnny or Peyton taking a shot, I'm going to pass it to Johnny or Peyton because they're going to make it like have a lot better of a chance of making it. So, you know. Yeah, sure. It was, um, yeah, it was, a yeah. It was a I think that's like, I think that's a really cool transition because First, it's really like mature to be able to recognize like I can't really put myself in this and I don't want to half-ass it. Yeah. Um, but then you like go into a sport where like athletic-wise you're there, but skill-wise you're, you're not quite there yet. So that mm-hmm. gives you like an opportunity to be a sponge. And I think that makes people better is to put themselves into positions where they don't know everything and they're, they're forced to learn from the people around them. Um, like learning new shit is so fun. And I think that you were like so good at wrestling that there was just a lot of pressure there. And it was like less about like having fun and more about proving 
to yourself, you know, it, that you're working for something. It, just the fun was, like, taken out of it. The point I was just more so, like, very goal-oriented in wrestling and didn't reach the goals, mm-hmm. and that was hurt. But also, Heiser did a great job of making, like, having a team and building a team that it was that easy to buy into as well. Yeah, those were super fun days. I enjoyed playing basketball there a lot. Um, one more thing on wrestling. I'm curious what the uh, what was the training like in terms of getting in wrestling shape or like the protocol for cutting cutting down weight when you had to. Was there was it pretty structured at the high school level or where was it were you kind of on your own when it came to cutting weight? How does that work? Um, well, for the workouts, they're pretty strenuous for. I'd say compared to other sports, wrestling, it's like, I don't know if you haven't done it, it's kind of hard to explain, but like the conditioning behind it's like so unique to any other sport because you have to have enough cardio to last six minutes in a match and then also be explosive enough to like manhandle another person and get them to do what you want them to do. So it's the training's like very rigorous and intense, but it got like, the coaches did a great job of getting us in shape. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think that's where just speaking as like a personal trainer and aspiring strength coach, it becomes so important to like identify the demands of the sport because you have to realize that, like you said, a wrestler needs to have like tremendous endurance, but they also have to have explosive power when the time comes. So being able to actually like hone in on what you need to train and identify that is huge, I think. And then I was also going to say that, so I interned at Augsburg University, and they're a huge wrestling school, too. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty interesting, because I interned with strength and conditioning there, and um, the wrestling coaches handled their all their strength training. Like, they didn't work with the strength and conditioning staff. And it would really piss off the strength coaches, but Augsburg just kept winning. Like, they kept winning yeah. city state championships. And their routines are, like, it's pretty outdated. I'm not going to lie. And it's, like, a lot of training to failure and stuff. But I think that also speaks to, like, how much of training is mental. And if you think it's going to work, it's going to work. And just yeah. kind of bonding together. And so, I don't know. It's really interesting. That's, what, like, yeah. I think like that's a good way to put it. Like, a lot of it's mental for wrestling. Like, they just want to test your mental toughness. And you have to be able to push through when mm-hmm. you don't want to. And I, I'm trying to, like, back in the day, we used to just we used to run a lot do till failure, like with the plate, like different exercises, like curls, military press, like throwing it around your head, like sit-ups and just would run in between. And then it's also tons of um, technical work and just honing mm-hmm. in drills and doing the same motions over and over again. So you can get super accustomed to the movement and staying disciplined in whatever you do. It's, it's really tough on it makes you lock in on a bunch of different things, but that's why it's yeah. a great sport. Um, but for cutting weight, um, at the beginning of the year, we do like body fat tests and it, they'd give you like a number that you could go, a number of weight you could go down to or lose it's in, within a healthy amount. And me personally, I couldn't cut a lot of weight cause I was so skinny. So I'd usually be sitting around like my normal body weight, which was nice. Cause I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have to cut weight and not eat a lot because of that. So that was always nice. But usually the coaches would, um, you know, give good advice on what to do. Like, don't just starve yourself. Like, you know, 
just like limit your intake a little bit, like slowly lose it throughout the like weeks. Like you don't have to lose 30 pounds in a week, like take your time and just like making sure that kids are being healthy while they're doing it. Cause there's some crazy stories of kids like being in serious, like seriously bad condition from trying to cut weight, like on the wrong way. And it just turns out bad. Yeah. Well, they, I know they have a really good program there, so it's good that they took care of you guys. Um, so, Sorry. Um, one other question, just kind of like on the growing up side, I'm curious about is, so did you have any like dedicated strength and conditioning or sports performance training outside of just playing your sport when you were a kid? Like, I know you said you, you played a lot of sports, but did you have like, were you going to any like strength and conditioning camps or things like that? Um, not really. Um, August, my sibling put together a weight program for me back in the day. And it consisted of like front squats, back squat, deadlift, and just like, you know, pretty like basic like compound exercises and then little like accessory work from there. And it, it worked a lot for me, but I also didn't know much about what I was doing. Like I remember, like I can remember I took a video of me squatting like a max rep and it was like a quarter <laughs> squat. And I was like, just so proud of it. But like, I was just like, had no clue. Like it didn't like, it, wasn't getting I wasn't getting anything much out of it yeah so I probably started that like my junior year um and I was pretty regular on a schedule with that in the off season for sure um I'll try and get there a few times go to the Y a few times a week Connor would go with me people don't know that's one of my best friends and we try and like get together and do that and it probably put it on about like five to ten pounds over the two years of my senior year of high school muscle but you know it's uh yeah so I didn't have much but yeah so you didn't have like your coaches like being like this is what you're gonna do in the off season it was kind of like you taking the initiative no I mean and during the season for each sports we'd get to the weight room like track we'd try and get to the weight room a couple times a week oh my god (laughs) yeah it was the worst and and this is why I ask because I do, I just feel like there is like a huge void of strength and conditioning for youth and I just I can't help but think about like if think about how successful you are at your sport right now like if you would have had all the resources that some kind of I don't want to like generalize but people in the suburbs who typically have all those resources had imagine where you'd be it's just hard not to play that what if but yeah. at the same time like I'm I would think that you probably gained so much from playing those different sports. And I, I think the gen, like generalization or early specialization of kids is a big thing right now, too. Like we see with kids playing AAU basketball like year round and then all the knee injuries and overuse and stuff that comes with that. So it's an interesting balance between like ranging out and playing different sports, but then also making time for like dedicated strength and conditioning. Yeah, I feel like um, playing different sports is huge. At least for in college football recruiting wise, they tend to look for people who are successful in multiple sports because of that reason. You know, you don't want to have a kid just worn it to the ground by the time they get there. You know, they want somebody who, and also you just want to enjoy high school. You don't want to spend your time maybe like honing in on one sport when you can do that for the next four years at a university if you want to do that. Yeah, I think there are certain things too that you just can't really like can't totally be taught like a certain way to move like playing defense for basketball or the certain like just the footwork footwork for different sports 
it's pretty interesting. I feel like it's almost innate and you can't really like learn it after a certain point. So I think playing a lot of sports early is definitely good. Yeah. So would you say that like because of all this insight, um, like these were some positives of going to South rather than like a school like De La Salle or, you know, where you have more resources? Um, yeah, I think I enjoyed my high school experience a lot more because of that reason where I didn't feel the pressure of the school or the community maybe that's put on yeah. kids at those schools to perform just for football or just for basketball. And I'm like, granted, like, you know, they did have like, South wasn't good at sports, you know, and was, that was probably like a reason why, because off-season programs weren't that big. Like, mm-hmm. if you looked at, like, our game from, like, our junior year against Eden Prairie, like, those dudes were, like, twice the size of us. Like, that being said, like, were they better athletes than us? I, I don't know. You know, <clears throat> Grant, like, they did have a lot more kids than us, so that's probably played into it as well. Yeah. But they're also a lot more developed at that age than we were, so. It's so interesting to just think about uh, everything that goes into the success of programs like that versus the inner city schools. Um, I think you're right. I think a ton of things play into that, but strength and conditioning is definitely a big part of it. Um, to kind of follow up to that, did you kind of, did you feel at all like you were at a disadvantage coming out of South High School in terms of like recruiting or exposure? Just being that you generally were didn't always have winning records um, for the team sports and you you show you were able to shine through individually certainly and you you got your respect but I I mean it seems logical that if you were at a bigger school a more successful school you might have gotten more looks even though obviously you had your choice of schools did you feel that like you were at a disadvantage at all in that way yeah I think a little bit um I feel like a lot of it if you are at a school like that you kind of just have to like go and figure it out yourself because um like you said like we weren't getting a lot of exposure because we weren't putting up winning seasons and things like that but um recruitment wise i feel like coaches do a pretty good job if there's a good athlete on a bad team to still acknowledge that and hopefully aren't as biased as i think they would be but i feel like um, my parents did a good job of making sure i went to camps and it would bring me places across the Midwest so I could go and try and compete against these guys at different places, which is huge in recruiting because that's how I got my offer at UNI. I went to a day camp and I got to just, you know, show what I could do against a higher level of competition that wasn't the city conference. So that was nice that I was able to receive that. Um, but and also the thing that hurt coming from south was not a lot of people were being like just were high level like athletes at the time so not a lot of scouts at the games yeah and like no one understood the process really like i had no clue like what to like look for in a school or like how to pitch myself to a a college or like what to say so that was tough and yeah we talked to Johnny who had like a similar experience. Like he had somebody reach out to him who helped him with the whole recruiting process. But I don't know. Cause I never like really heard of recruiters coming to any games. I mean, obviously they weren't going to come to the volleyball games cause we're all like five foot six, but like, I just feel like 
we had a lot of really good athletes, but we were at that disadvantage because we were not great at sports. And that's that's kind of why I I think it's so cool what you've been able to do is because you're kind of blazing a path for other kids um, to do. And that's a big reason why we wanted to have you on other than just catching up as friends. Um, what you've been able to do coming from South is is incredible. And there is so much talent there. There really is that probably gets wasted or doesn't get the light that it deserves in terms of kids not going to college for sports or even just the academic side, like accepting a scholarship to a smaller school just to get your degree. So we're, I don't know, we're staying close and we're hoping to kind of make an impact on that. But it's it's really good to get your perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit more about like the your commitment to UNI and then transitioning to to school. What was it like in terms of like culture, sports, academics? I did you redshirt your freshman year? How did that work out for you? Okay, so actually, when I first got to UNI, I was academically ineligible. So that's one of the things that was tough coming from South. Um, we haven't had to have an NCAA qualifier probably since, like, I don't know. I don't want to say Taylor Hill, but it's been a while. <laughs> so, like, I went to my counselors and was trying to figure out this whole process out, and they said I was fine, and then I ended up going to the campus. And turns out that I one of the classes I took at South didn't count towards NCA credit. So I had to sit out my first semester from all team activities. So that was kind of tough, not being able to be a part of the team. Um, I was still able to use all the facilities and able to um, use go to get the academic help that I needed from the sports um, team. But I wasn't able to do anything. I had to do it all by myself. So while everyone was at practice, I'd go and lift. And go back to like my dorm room and just hang out and that was kind of nice like adjusting honestly like a nice adjustment period for me because i didn't have to have the obligations of going to practice every day and going to meetings and doing it second on top of each other and i was at a disadvantage physically it's like i needed to catch up in my weight and strength and all that so that was really nice to have that little period for that because i put on like 20 pounds in that little semester so that was super nice to catch me up in that but that was, it was, that's one thing I'm from South, I wish I could have prevented or known about mm-hmm. before, so I didn't have to go through all that. But it ended up working out at the end of the day, and I joined the next semester in spring ball, and was all caught up, and, you know, got to spend time with my teammates, and all that was fine. But um, culturally, it was a lot different, you know. Uh, coming from South, it's like, kind of like a blessing to have so much diversity that you almost take it for granted and then you move to small town Iowa and you're like what the hell is this like it's just like it was like for sure culture shock in a way but like eventually I came to understand I was like you know this is like what America is at this like a majority of America is like you know small town um Iowa is like pretty like a representative of it but it's but aside from that fact it's been like I have nothing to complain about for the people that I've met there, like everyone's super nice and like that's all you can ask for. And yeah, it's just it's been an enjoyable experience there, culture wise. And I think it's not super nice that we I have really nice teammates. Like it's weird to say, like like there's no like bad apples on the team, it feels like. So that's like mm-hmm. super nice to have. Like like in the past, like you know, like having a teammate that's just like always down or always complaining about playing time or something. Like, I feel like we, like, our football team feels like we don't have that. 
So that's nice to have everyone buy in and like have that be my, those be my guys. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like a, a lot of South teams were like that. Like, and how can everybody be committed when you have like external obligations? Like you got to work a job because you know, your family's not making enough money or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I bet it's like really nice to feel like your effort isn't being wasted, you know, because everybody else is putting the same mm-hmm. foot forward. Yeah. I think that's, that's why I feel like South is missing, you know, whether it would be an obligation to your family or just people not being completely bought into the program yeah. that like hurts a team so much. If like everyone's not bought in and mm-hmm. drag you down. Absolutely. Um, so you talked, you said you put on 20 pounds in that first semester. Tell us about that. What is that like? Do are they, do they have you on a meal plan? Are they force feeding you? What's that like? What's the lifting like? Well, like, how does that happen? I remember, so you had gone off to college. I'm a senior and you came back just to say what's up at South and, um, to a basketball tryouts or practice or whatever. And I broke my wrist at that time, so I wasn't playing, but you came back and looked like a new person. You had transformed. So I want to hear about that. Um, it's that whole process has been fun. It's been tough, you know, eating that much. Yep. So that, I've probably put on like I've put on like sixty pounds since I've been there now. So I came in at one ninety and now I'm like two fifty five. So it's been like that being said, it's been a, a process the whole time. And I've learned a lot through like the whole time I've been there. Like my first semester, I was just in the dorm. So I was basically just like force feeding myself as much as I could, like eating like four times a day, just like scarfing down as much food as I could. And that worked then. But then once I moved on my own, I um, kind of struggled and stalled out a little bit in gaining weight. And the coaches always would harp on me for that. Like, just trying to get me into weight because I played defensive end. And I was, like, 230 pounds trying to play. And usually guys like that who play defensive end are, like, 270 pounds. So I was very undersized. So they are always harping on me to, you know, get on weight. But our, like, strength and conditioning staff would take care of most of our, like, nutrition. And they did a good job of giving us what we needed and gave us, like, this thing called a nutrition Bible where it gives, like, recipes of stuff that you can cook in a dorm room, like – super easy stuff that you can do whether it's you need to put on weight or lose weight so our uh her name, his name's jed smith he put that together with some susan kleiner i think her name is and they did a really good job with that but it's still that being said like i didn't apply it as much so i kind of stalled out and putting on weight but um i recently um actually went to the training house and got um, a nutrition evaluation and that's helped me in the last two three months put on another 15 pounds mm-hmm. that's been super nice and just like I thought I was eating enough because I'd eat huge portions for like lunch and uh, for like dinner and breakfast but I'd like skip out on like not have a huge lunch or wouldn't have a nighttime snack so I added that to my um, daily schedule just not necessarily having to eat huge portions, but just like, you know, eat, eating more throughout the day. And that helped a lot. But um, yeah, it's kind of weird, you know, thinking that I've put on like 60 pounds in a short period of time. It doesn't really feel like it. I feel like they've done a good job of like making sure I'm putting on the right weight too. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel 
bad at this weight, I still feel just as fast and twitchy. So like, yeah, they credit to them for that because that's like the strength and conditioning staff and the nutrition, all of that, you know? Yeah, that's huge. I don't think people realize the type of commitment that it takes. Um, obviously, we are on a much smaller scale than you, but I mean, we know all we know about force feeding and bulking and all that I feel, stuff. I feel like not me. Like I'm an easy gainer. It's, like I just look at the food and it's like, wait. Yeah, I don't know. I, I too. I mean, obviously, like I said, a much smaller scale, but I've gained a lot of weight since high school, and there are times when, like, just to maintain, I'm eating over four thousand calories, and like you yeah. say that to people, they're just like, what? And it's it's something that like unless you've done it, I don't feel like you can truly understand. Yeah. Like, it's tough too because when you're doing that, you're usually working out pretty hard too. So you're burning a lot of calories doing that. So you have to stack that already on top of what you're trying to do to gain weight. And yeah, and like with football, like we'd like every time I feel like I'm trying to gain weight, we'd be having like hour long running sessions in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, you want to be full. Yeah, it's just like stuffing your face and then going to do something and uh, it's it's tough i have just a couple more um and then we'll do just like some quick fun ones mm -hmm. um but more on you and i so you had like a big breakout season this past year what do you attribute that to do you attribute to that to the weight gain and kind of transforming your body um was it something mental was it opportunity or was it all those things kind of together i, I think yeah <clears throat> i can probably couldn't pinpoint it to one thing it's probably a combination of a bunch of things like you said like opportunity the weight game my coaches helping me out with that understanding the game more um uh my coach uh, coach pop does a great job of whenever i need something you know he's always there for me and that was huge just in the film room understanding that and i don't know i think for this past season the big yeah i think well the year before i played a little bit just on like third down so i'd get like pass rush snaps and i was pretty productive in my time that i did get and having a full year of starting was nice just because i'd be able to stay out on the field and not have to worry about getting pulled or not getting enough snaps so that was huge and also my teammates did a great job like our defense was so unreal this year like we're returning most of our guys, which is super nice. But, like, honestly, there's, like, no holes in our defense. So that made my job a lot easier as a uh, defensive end, like, getting to the quarterback. And, yeah, that was huge, just playing on a defense. Like, it's kind of weird, like, comparing it to South. Like, I feel like I had to, like, try and do so much to make up for holes in our defense. But now I just feel like if I just do my 111th, like, I'm mm -hmm. fine, and the rest of the guys can take care of it, and just like yeah, buying into what the coaches have to say, you know, and yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like it's great what can happen when everybody just does their job. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, not as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what about the tr the training in the weight room? What's strength and conditioning like in terms of? off season and in season um on top of that like what is just a day a day as a, a d1 athlete like like class wise schedule wise um how do you fit that all in um for the training it's pretty um it's, i'd say it's pretty 
complex stuff. It's, it's over most of it's over my head, but um, it's a lot of Olympic lifts, squats, um, bench, obviously. Um, and then there's like accessories there, but usually um, in the off season we'll start um, the winter off with pause squats and pause clean and pause snatch and pause everything. And that's awful. I hate that so yeah. much. <laughs> but it's no, that's actually like one of the most like beneficial periods we have. Like I feel like I put on a lot of weight and strength in that period. Um, from there we go to heavy singles towards the end of the next period and try and we just like it feels like every like session we have we're just trying to move a lot of weight um it gets pretty competitive in the weight room so that's nice so guys have guys that we have guys on our team that can squat like 700 pounds and bench 500 pounds so it's it's like you know you can never really be satisfied in that weight room so that's nice um from the summer we transition to uh, what are we doing right now right now we're just getting back into like the swing of like heavy lifting again um because usually we'd uh for our program it's um usually we'd just be getting done with spring ball right now but with this whole COVID thing it's kind of weird but then from there we go um to heavy like heavy singles again like towards the middle of July and at the end of the summer we start doing clusters so that's kind of that's I like that session a lot that section a lot and that's um yeah, for like weightlifting wise, it's pretty. Um, Jack and Kane and Frank do a good job of, you know, keeping us busy with different things. So, those clusters you talked about, are those typically heavy as well, um, yeah. or do you guys ever do? Do you ever? Is there ever an emphasis on like, um, speed work where you're using lighter loads, trying mm -hmm. to move them as fast as possible? Is that more of like the in season stuff you're doing? Um, or is it mostly just absolute strength lifting heavy loads all the time? Um, I feel like it's a lot of it's like a lot, just absolute strength, like you said, but we'll get, we do speed sets, throw like a couple of those in the week, whether mostly bench will speed bench a lot. Um, but clusters is usually pretty heavy trying to push as much, as much weight as we can. Um, but in season, actually it's tough because there's only so many hours that the coaches can use during a week. Mm -hmm. Try and have like two weight sessions. One of them's mandatory and one of them's voluntary. And they just try and throw in as much as they can. And that those two sessions, so you're getting something out of it and maintaining throughout the season. Mm -hmm. It's not nearly as heavy as in the off season, just because you don't want to get guys hurt and stuff like that. But yeah where do where does where do like do like plyometrics and actual speed training fit into that picture is that mostly reserved for the off season or do they ever have you doing like complex and contrast stuff where you're you're hitting a barbell lift and then moving to a plyometric or is there anything like that going on yeah we do that typically in the off season more so um in the winter it's more of like uh we'll do winter conditioning which is more of like a gut check type workout where you, you're just put through an hour of tough conditioning and just seeing who wants it really and that's um always tough it's intense and it's hard waking up at four in the morning and getting ready for that stuff but yeah let's let's talk about that what's the what's the yeah. day to day like because like obviously you have classwork and stuff like that yeah the, the okay so 
the worst day probably or like just the, not the worst but just like the busiest day um it's probably come in season and it's probably wake up lift at either 6 a.m or 7 a.m go back home go to classes around like nine and go to class like nine to 12 probably nothing too crazy usually take a lot of credit load during the season um then from there go to film for about an hour and uh, forgot about meals you have breakfast after <laughs> have breakfast after the first lift go to class grab a snack go to film after film get like an hour hour and a half two hours before you have to be back at the facilities grab some lunch in between then after that you go back into meetings so from there you're watching film again like catching up on the script for next the this next week saw a game after that practice for about two hours from there it's about like six or seven o'clock go home and do some homework relax and Man. tomorrow morning that's, that's like a, a that's a full-time job yeah, they need to, to pay say. you guys yeah, no doubt is. but it, yeah Damn. i'm pretty used to the schedule at this point which is nice um the first few years it was kind of tough to adjust to and get enough sleep and all yeah. that but at this point i feel pretty good about it like whenever i used to do my homework and like i wasn't feeling it i was like well thank goodness i'm not a student athlete like <laughs> I'm just be like procrastinating this essay right now and then being like at my computer at like 12 a.m trying to crank out this essay real quick get up and do it all again yeah oh no that's that still happens for sure but yeah, <laughs> yeah that sounds yeah, tough mm-hmm. um real quick what what are you studying uh communications okay nice yeah, yeah. I, I like you, communications what's up oh, sorry um do you feel like a lot of like people from the same sports teams take the same major because I feel like at Carleton, like our football, business. our football, <laughs> our football team is trash, but like, it's like econ and then political science. And just because the classes mix so well, mm-hmm. do you feel like that applies to like your team? Yeah. I, there's a ton of guys in communications. Um, I think it's probably like communications, um, uh, Athletic training. There's a lot of athletic training guys, um, and there's a good amount of business guys. So yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that kind of happens. Yeah. We end up in the same class and feel bad for the professor, but you know. <laughs> I mean, like whatever you gotta do because that is <laughs> yeah. a full-time job. Yeah, that's that's no joke. Um, just a couple more here. So what does as best you can. Obviously, no one knows the answer to this right now with all the the madness going on. But what does the future hold for you? What's what's up next for you? Um, as of right now, I'm just getting ready for the season like I normally would. You know, just planning like to take things normally and planning on there being a season. But the coaches seem pretty optimistic of us having a season. Um, I don't know if that'll mean us not having fans, which you know I'm fine with. I play football at South. I'm pretty used to it. I I'm actually kind of look forward to it. If that does happen, you'll just see how like games work, you know, and how it messes with people mentally and see if people can get amped up and all that. So that'll be interesting to see, but they're thinking we can get back like June 15th is what I'm hearing. We're going to get back to like a OTA type thing for us where 
the coaches can work with us, but we can't really like practice and have camp start end of July. So um, yeah, I, it sounds like we're gonna have a season. So that's really nice to hear. So definitely good to have like something to look forward to right now rather yeah. than just like wondering. Yeah, I feel like it's tough just because we kind of still do have that where it's just like you don't know if, like it'll go on like yeah. I, I don't want to I hopefully we don't have fans dude that'd be crazy if you're packing <laughs> like yeah. how many people 20,000 like whatever it is like into yeah. a stadium like that's would not it's, it's just weird. impossible to tell I hear something different every single day about like what the professional sports leagues are planning on doing but yeah like the last like UFC event I was watching it and I was like I feel like there's something missing here. <laughs> like it's really quiet well, like, there's no fans. What what you talked about, Ellerson, like being able to get psyched up and stuff. I think that's super interesting, especially because like with UFC and stuff, you can hear everything, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's so it's so interesting to hear like the dynamic between the fighters and stuff like that. It, I think it'll be a totally different way to view and play sports if yeah. if that's the case. Yeah, I, it's kind of crazy because you can like see in the UFC like which dudes are like cool with like not having fans and like can still get like in a comfortable state where they are performing well enough or some people who need the fans there to get like amped up. So it's kind of cool to see how that works together and all that. Well, you got that leg up because <laughs> yeah. never had nobody in the bleachers. Speaking <laughs> of when you, when you play, like when you feel like you're performing at your best, obviously the nature of football requires you to be like pretty amped up. Mm-hmm. But I, I learned recently that every individual person is like in their flow state or performs best at a different arousal level. Some people like to be really, really amped up and that's when they perform their best. Some people like to be more calm and collected. Where do you feel like you fall on that spectrum? Like when you've played at your absolute best? Um, I feel like probably calm and collected. Um, there's like spurts and games where maybe I'll like get a little emotionally involved and start talking trash and, you know, there'll be a few plays where I'll let my emotions take over a little bit and let that drive me a little bit. And I, it works well for me, but most of the time I'm pretty calm and just relaxed and focused on my technique and not, not treating it like practice, but just like letting the pressure go and feeling like there is not any pressure on me and just going and doing what I'm doing instead of getting too worked up, you know? So I'd say I'm pretty calm. Yeah. From from what I've read, like some really detrimental things can happen if you're too aroused um, in, in terms of like just forgetting motor patterns. And our people will talk about like paralysis by analysis where you just mm-hmm. kind of freeze up. Um, and that's because there's actually like way more tension in your muscles when you're that aroused. So I find all that stuff really interesting. But it, it seems like you got a pretty good handle on where you need to be to perform at your best. So that's probably why you are so good at football. Um, Last one, and then we're just going to do, like, some quick, fun ones. What What do you want your legacy to be when you can take that as when you're done playing, um, when it's all said and done? What do you want people to remember you by? Um, for me personally, I want to be able to compete at the highest level. Um, that's just a goal of mine, you know. Whether people appreciate that or not, that is what it is. And I just want to be able to say, like, I've – been able to, to compete at the highest level and just do what I love to do with the best of the best. Um, 
Legacy-wise, I I just you know want to be known as somebody who a good person who can help the community in some way or another. Um, what that is right now, I have no clue, and where that will be, I don't know. But you know, I just want to find a way to you know positively impact the community. I'm I'm in or around. Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, we really appreciate your time. We'll get you out here soon enough. Um, we came up with just some some fun, quick ones. Um, if the NBA does return, who do you have winning the championship? Uh, the Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, Giannis okay. is, is nasty as hell, dude. Okay, I like that pick. What about the NFL? If the NFL is to happen, um, I know obviously we don't have any season to go off, but like. What are your thoughts on Tom Brady to the Buccaneers? Is there any team that you think is a favorite at this point? I'd say they'd have to be favorite. Also, it's sick that Tyler got drafted to the Buccaneers. That's going to mm-hmm. so, be tough. He's playing for Tom Brady, dude. That's so yeah. cool. Um, I'd say them. Um, Chiefs, obviously. I, the Vikings are good enough to get up in there. Like, But if I had to put my money on it, I'd probably say the Chiefs. Chiefs are Patrick Mahomes is pretty. He's he different, bro. He's different. <laughs> it's like the things he can do is just so tough. Like puts so much pressure on the defense. Like he's he's legit. Good. All right, I don't really know anything about sports. So, what's your favorite quarantine snack? Ooh, quarantine snack. I got some mellow glazed donuts today. Those are pretty heat. Um, I'd um, say like probably though, just like. Greek yogurt and granola is pretty basic, but that's my go-to as well. Yeah, it's yeah, can't go wrong with that. We've made so many batches of like muffins, yeah, and like cookies. It's really, really interesting to see how everyone's spending their time. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I'm also I'm I'm dieting right now for a physique show that's supposed to happen this summer. So it's a interesting time to be doing that, especially because we basically live in our kitchen. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> It's tough. It's definitely yeah. tough. Um, have you binge watched any, or you don't even have to binge it, but have you watched anything good recently? What would you recommend? Jeez. Um, me and Regan watched Too Hot to Handle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. love that show. Like, honestly, I'm not a big reality TV show, but that one got me for some reason. Yeah, I I, I'm not big into it either, but Jen is watching it, and every time that I'm like, doing something else and I come over and look, I get stuck there. Like, I keep watching it. It's like, with that. the accents, I would be, like, thinking in my head, oh, he's such a geyser. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what? Well, uh, yeah, well, I can't remember her name now, but she always said that. Um, Chloe. I don't know, one of them. But that was a good show. Yeah. Have you, um, have you watched All American? Uh, no, I uh, I don't know. I can't get my bag. football shows. Like, yeah. I try, like, I try to watch See that. Last Chance You, but I'm like, this is literally what I'm doing. Like, I'm not going to spend my time, like, watching this when I just, this is my break from it. Like, the the actual football in that, sh- in All American is trash, too. So, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't heard think that. I could see that, why that wouldn't be your, your bag. Um, I, heard, I heard Avatar, The Last Airbender's on Netflix. I kind of want to start I heard I heard they put that it on. Hmm. Yeah. But I'm for sure about to start that next then for a Netflix show. I feel like we've watched so much. It feels like, that way. We're watching Ozark right now, and I'm the type of person that's like, 
I really like those like too hot to handle shows because I don't really need to know what's going on. It's just entertaining me. Yeah. But, like Ozark is crazy. Like is that's it, really it starts really slow. Um, mm-hmm. Like you kind of have to give it the first couple episodes. Like you got to give it a chance, but then it really picks up and that shit is wild. Yeah, I've heard really good things about that show. It's very good. Netflix has been great. Yeah, Netflix is doing their thing. Yeah. All right. Um, favorite athlete of all time? Um, Adrian Peterson. Hmm. Like, it's a funny story. Like, he's the reason I'm, like, into football. Like, I remember, like, I used to be, a, like, a Packers fan back in the day because my dad was a Packers fan, and I would watch it and, like, you know, just kind of watch the sport, but as soon as, like, I saw Adrian Peterson play, and, like, I was just, like, he's so good. Like, he's unreal. And he, he made me a Vikings fan, like, made me want to play running back, and ended up being the reason I played football. So, Adrian Peterson, for sure. That's a good pick. That's really cool. Um, this kind of ties into that last one, but who are some of your role models or inspirations, either in sport or otherwise? Oh, Muhammad Ali, for sure. Mm-hmm. just the impact he was able to have on like a global scale and using his platform for good it is just like he's just like the perfect like role model for i feel like any athlete um and then people in my life like my mom and my stepdad play a huge role in um what i do and where i get my work ethic from um yeah family members yeah my, my dad, for sure, showed me how to work when I was younger and all of that. So, yeah, I'll probably say them. Nice. Cool. Um, have you been keeping up with The Last Dance? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, a couple of questions. This is not to get, like, too political, but mm-hmm. it's been interesting to hear all the conversation about how Jordan used or or didn't use his platform to kind of speak out on social issues and like comparing contrasting that to the way that LeBron James uses his do you Mm -hmm. feel like athletes have a duty or anyone that's in like the public sphere has a duty to speak out on social justice public issues things like that what's your stance on that um I don't think I don't think athletes have a duty to granted that being said they can like having a huge platform like that is great for things like that if you're passionate about certain social justice issues or whether it be that or something else um but at the end of the day like michael jordan was paid to play basketball and just because he was so good that he influenced so many people's lives doesn't mean that he has to tell people or give his political stance on that because that has nothing to do with his game yeah that being said sorry it's been so interesting to see like, he never asked to be everyone's hero, to be everyone's role model. And the toll that it took on him has been, like, getting behind the scenes and seeing that has been crazy. Yeah, honestly. And, like, granted, that being said, you know, people who do, like, much respect to them, like, that's awesome. And I would like to be that person one day, but you don't have any, like, you don't have to do that, I wouldn't say. And then, so one more last dance-related question. I uh, The other thing that, I've really taken away from other than just how amazing of an athlete and basketball player and mine Jordan was mm-hmm. is he seemed like he he let a lot of stuff go in terms of like it just didn't seem like obviously he was very close with his dad and stuff like that 
mm-hmm. but just in terms of like his social circle and stuff like that, I think he sacrificed a lot to be as great as he was. Where do, where do you think like the tipping point is in terms of being the greatest you can be at your sport, but also like making time for your family and valuing other things? How how do you find that balance when you're really hungry to be the best, but you want to make time for other things that are important to you? Um, I think it's just I think it depends on person to person. Um, obviously we hear stories about like how committed like people like him and Kobe were to like their craft and being the best of their best that they may have to sacrifice things. Um, I feel like it's just, yeah, it probably depends on the person. Cause if you can't handle putting in that much work and you need time to do other things, then you have to understand that like being the greatest might not be, you know, mm-hmm. your future. So it just depends on how dedicated you are to, like, the game. It's, like, not even money at that point because everyone's getting paid money. It's just got to be, like, pure love of the game and being the best at that. So, but, yeah, it just depends on how much you want it. Not much. Um, all right, last question here. So what would your advice be for younger athletes aspiring to play college sports? Um... Get, you know, good, good, get good grades, um, <laughs> for sure, number one. Like, having, like, a good GPA look, make looks so much better to a college coach. Mm-hmm. Um, get in the weight room. That helps a lot. You know, try and find a way, something that helps you, it helps your game. And um, buy into your team, you know. Enjoy the time that you have with your team, whether it's on a team, like, South football team or Eden Prairie's football team, buy into what the coaches have to say. And, um, yeah, just enjoy the time you have with your teammates because it's not about where you end up. It's about enjoying what you're doing and when you're doing it. So just make sure you're having fun. Yeah, I love that answer. Yeah. Ellerson, thanks so much for your time. It was great catching up with you. Um, Thank and you. I, our gym is supposedly opening up June 1st, so if you need more than a squat rack and you want to get in there, just let us know. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. Um, other than that, stay healthy. Be Hope safe. the family stays healthy. Um, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Yeah. See you guys as well. All right. Thank yeah, you. Have a good last season. Thank you.